Welcome to Complete Edition, the podcast between a PlayStation Trophy Hunter and an Xbox Achievement Hunter. This is episode 30. I'm your host, Compulsive Nerd, and I'm joined by AJ. How you doing, AJ? I'm doing all right. I've been ridiculously busy this week, as you know. Um, That's right. So I think it's I think it's calming down now for the rest of the week. Like I've definitely overworked a little, but it, it's tough because I was putting together some data for a presentation and we agreed like, oh, let's, you know, like me and my boss, like, oh, let's, you know, do, let's put this stuff in and, you know, assemble these slides and send it off. And it's kind of like a mini report on some of the work I've been doing. But then like he went away to like London or something. And then it was like, oh, some of my data kind of sucks. So now I want to recollect a bunch of data, which takes a lot of time. And then after that, I want to put it into the presentation and also I need to like remake all of the figures, do all of the analysis again. So it kind of took what was going to be like quite quick and kind of easy this week to needing to be super frantic and like get work done that took me like a week before and like a day and stuff like that. So yeah, it meant Monday and Tuesday. I basically just like worked like all day, like, I don't know, like 8 a.m. till 10 p.m. on uh, Monday, I think. But yeah, it's uh, it's not not great. That's uh, hectic, dude. I'm on the opposite end of that right now because it's like, you know, it's it's summertime. I'm just like I'm in that gaming groove. I'm just like, you know, I work my my job and then after I'm done, it's like relax. And then come, you know, August, I'll be back in school. So it'll be chaotic again. But man, yeah, it's just. You know, like you, um, it's tough because I'm like, well, I don't, I shouldn't, you know, I should just do like the hours and then be done. Right. Like I should just do like the nine till five and then just switch off and not carry on with it because I'll get, you know, burned out and it's not healthy and that kind of thing. But then also you're like, I, I care about this data and I want it to like look good. And, you know, I, I know that I can do better and that I made a mistake before. So you kind of feel like obligated to, I don't know, make it a lot better then. So it's kind of like a more of like a self-motivation thing, I guess, in terms of that, maybe, maybe pride or something, but yeah, that's exactly what I was about to say is like, that sounds like you're just proud of your work. You're proud to be doing what you're doing and like you have a passion for it. And I think that's a good thing for what you do and with your life. And it's like, I mean, I respect the hell out of that. So. Yeah, I, mean, I can, I can handle it for like a couple of days, but today I was sort of forcing myself to take it a bit easier in terms of I just worked on, I didn't do any like experiments or anything today. I, I just did like presentation stuff, making figures, things like that. And I think I made good progress. I think I did a bunch of like the fundamental time consuming stuff on Monday and Tuesday. So now I can like really pick up the pace, which is good. So things have sort of evened out, hopefully for the rest of the week. But also these past two weeks have been pretty good in that I've played like a ton of really fantastic games that have been on my list or anticipated. So I'm really happy about that. I feel like I've, I've been like productive in, I guess, both senses. And if, if you can be productive in a leisure, leisurely sense, then in terms of playing games, I feel like I've done that as well, which is nice. I, I relate with you on that a ton. You know, Far Cry is kind of getting me back into that, that groove of like, you know, completion, like complete being a completionist. And I'll talk more about it later. But dude, it is so hot here. It is like, I don't know what it is Celsius, but it's like 103 degrees Fahrenheit here. It's so hot. And it's like, my my AC is running and it's good. Like everything up here is good. 
I, le- I live on the third floor though. So heat rises it just gets really hot and it makes my AC like overwork. But I'm just like curtains are pulled right now. I'm like staying inside. I haven't gone outside, which is why I'm like gaming so much. I mean, the only other thing that I've been doing is going to baseball games and that is outside. But man, <laughs> the heat is crazy out here. <laughs> Uh, yeah it's been it's been fairly hot but it's tough in in the uk like it obviously doesn't get very hot and it doesn't get very cold either like the the climate's good in that sense um it rains a lot which you know famous for it for it being rainy all the time but other than that weather's kind of generally quite quite nice in terms of being quite mild and, and and gentle in that sense but it has been hot over the past few weeks but the university I go to has like really great air conditioning, which is quite uncommon in the UK in terms of buildings having air conditioning. Like where I live doesn't have any air conditioning and any house that I've lived in doesn't have air conditioning. So usually what happens is it never gets like that hot in summer, but it gets hot enough for it to be like uncomfortable without air conditioning, like just on like the brink of being kind of a miserable time for a few weeks, especially if like me, you know, you, you have like a big PC that's on and then like a big Xbox and TV and every, like a bunch of electronics in your room that are on all the time. That can be uh, pretty bad sometimes. Fans um, are fans are glorious. I'm glad that we have them. <laughs> yeah, they're okay. I mean, the, the problem is, is a lot of the time they just push hot air around, right? That's like, very true. You need a, you need a way to cool it. I, I definitely tried the room in my, my bedroom in my old house. Uh, when I was younger, like it was really small and it like heated up a ton all the time. So I used to have like, I used to try everything to like not use AC. Like I, I bought um, like one of these like really small, like contraptions from Amazon that just never works and looks really stupid. But I, I was that <laughs> desperate to, you know, it's like, oh, it'll, it'll, you know, cool down and dehumidify the air and it'll, you know, do these other 50 things. And, you know, it costs like, you know, five pounds. So, you know, it's terrible, but you know, you'd buy it anyway because you're like, I'm not going to try and set up like my own AC or whatever. But, um, yeah, I tried that. Didn't work. Then like, I tried like the old, like you have a fan and then you have like a, like a box of ice and some water and you put it like with the fans. So the fan blows the air from the ice around the room that can help a bit, but yeah, nothing, nothing can really replace air conditioning that's so interesting and and something like on the same topic of weather that i was curious about so just a bit ago before we started recording here in kansas i'm i'm in a place in the united states that they call tornado alley so there's like from the um southwest up to the northeast there's like this alley across the united states where tornadoes happen the most and every wednesday that the weather is decent or like the sky is clear or whatever, they test the sirens. So just a bit ago, we had some tornado sirens going off. They, they, I was like curious if they did that over in Britain at all. Like, do you ever hear the te- testing of sirens? No, not really. The only thing I'd say is that when I'm in uh, student accommodation, both mm-hmm. when I was an undergraduate and uh, now, they sometimes do. It was really annoying as an undergraduate. They do like a firearm, fire alarm test every like week at like 10 a.m. And it was so annoying because some days you'd want to like sleep in and it's like, well, you can't because there's, you know, a fire alarm test. And yeah, it happened every, every time. And it was like, there was 
a fire alarm in like everyone's room, but everyone's room is like it's kind of like a you know like a dorm room, like it's not yeah not very big, and the fire alarm's very loud, so it's like there's no way to like avoid it. You just get like jump scared every every week, basically. That that's the only experience with alarms that I've had in terms of I guess like for like safety testing type stuff. Fire alarms are so loud. I kind of hate it, but I get it. But it's like I live in an apartment with like a very short roof, and so just in the hallway outside of the kitchen is a fire alarm. And almost every time I cook, like just because of the smoke from the food, I turn on the fans and everything, but it just always sets that alarm off because it's just too close to the oven. It's, it literally is like three yeah. feet outside of the window of the oven. So I'm like, I have to run to the hallway, t- like not really. I have to take two steps, press the button to like shut it up and then go back to cooking. But it's like, God damn, dude, yeah, it's, I so, mean, yeah, it's so loud. I get it. I just wish they didn't have to, like, like it should be that loud, but I just, um, I wish they didn't have to test it so often. Like, I couldn't believe they tested it, like, every week. Like, that seemed ridiculous to me. I've never, never really seen that before. But, I mean, I, you know, I guess, I guess it helps. I mean, maybe a lot of people start fires. Who knows? Um, maybe there's a lot of arsonists. Uh, it, it's uh, more, it's more everybody smoking the reefer. <laughs> They're, yeah, they gotta maybe. get, <laughs> they got to keep that those fires the smoking fires from happening <laughs> but <laughs> um uh you want to talk about what we're chasing yeah let's go for it all right i guess i'll start out cuz i i kind of had a short list so s- last sunday i decided it's over i'm i'm done with stardew for now i have four trophies left i have what 227 platinums so it's on the back burner saving for 250 and i want to get back to rogue legacy one of our mutual friends sean has been really encouraging me and i i was really hyped to see that he got the platinum um he popped it on ps4 but he got most of the trophies on vita so i'm gonna just continue to play it on vita like i was and i'm itching for that game I mean, I mean, I played a little bit of it and it beat my ass, but it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, I want to conquer it. I really do. It's like, it's, it's in the back of my mind. So I'm, I'm ready to get back to that. But I've been playing a lot of Far Cry 6 and trophies are super easy. I don't know. I, I haven't had this much fun with a game in a long time. I had a friend over and I was showing him it and he's like, you know, we, we like flipped a helicopter over like it was crashed on the ground and you can just like flip it over. And I'm like, this game's not serious. Like you have to understand like Far Cry is not serious. It never has been. It's not grounded. It's just chaotic, like blow shit up and have fun. And whenever I got it on sale, I was like, hell yeah, I will play another Far Cry game. But I don't think I'll ever buy another Ubisoft game for full price. Like they just, they're not worth it. They're good. They're good games. Like they're decent, but they're not full price. price so fast. They well. decrease. They really do. I got the gold edition for like twenty five bucks. <laughs> like so, I get all the DLC. Which there's another thing about it that I'm super pissed about is like they had. Do you remember when they announced Far Cry uh, Six? They they were talking about the villain pack. Like yeah, all the villain DLCs. None none of them are out. Not one. And I think that game's been out for like six months. Seriously, it's been a long time. And it's like. Not a single DLC is out, but they have all the trophy lists for every DLC up. So whenever I 100% this game, it's not going to be even close to 100% because they have all Wait. the lists up and no access. I thought I thought they were out. They've been reviewed, haven't they? I don't I, think I so. I've seen reviews for them. The first, I think Voss's is the first one that comes out and it comes out in November. That's what I looked up. Did they do another DLC with villains? Because I've definitely seen they had review a bunch have, of them. But they I have two... From from the trophy list, there are two trophy like 
they have two DLC trophy packs that are have been released, but the villain ones I have not seen that they're released. I'll, I'll look it up to double check, but I didn't. I haven't seen them released. But if they are released, that's great because then I'll just have more far, like more time in Far Cry. But I'm 33% overall, 55 base game, and I have 34 out of 54 trophies. And dude, I am so I, close. So so I I'm I looked up Far Cry Six, right? Mm-hmm. And on true achievements, it says Vass insanity. And for example, uh, achievement here: escape Vass's mind. Five thousand two hundred and forty-two track gamers have unlocked it. So, so it's out. Yeah, it's out. The pagan okay. min one is out. Pagan control. People have achievements in it. Joseph collapse. I'll send. I'll send you the link. Weird. I wonder. Yeah, I, if- I wonder what I was seeing because it. Maybe I read the wrong year. Maybe it was November twenty twenty-one. And I was like, damn. S- send it to you in Discord. Just scroll down. Well, that's good. That's good because then I I don't have to wait because I thought I was gonna have to wait. Yeah, I, de- I definitely saw some stuff on them. So I thought they might be out, but then I thought, you know, maybe Ubisoft have done like another where it's like, oh, that was a, that was a different thing or whatever. But, but yeah, it it seems like they're out from what I can tell. Yeah, it does look like they're out. That's good. I don't know. I thought on PlayStation, maybe it was like, they said like 0%. So I just assumed I'm going to, I'm going to try to get them. I hope they're not hard and don't take a long time because I would like to move on. I'm going to play Ghostwire Tokyo right after, but yeah, the game's been fun. Are you excited for Skull and Bones? No comes out no. like it comes out like the day before god of war ragnarok did, have they sh- did they show anything else or did they just announce it for for what god of war or skull and bones skull and bones no they're doing a, okay they're doing a ubisoft forward like tomorrow maybe they do it they're doing one really soon okay because i'm pretty much like my theory on that is that the game is going to be a sunk cost they're losing too much money making it and they're just going to get it out. Like they're just like, no matter how bad the the game is, like if they haven't shown anything and they announced the release date, I have a feeling they're just like, yeah, we got to like just be done with this project. Cause it's, it's been in development for a very long time. <laughs> it's been in development forever. And so n- I was never interested in it. I don't care about the far the, or not the far cry, but the uh, Assassin's Creed's with the boats just never have never cared. Not once. And so, you know, get me back on the island and let me explore cities and stuff. I, I enjoy, you know, sometimes I enjoy collectathons. I really, I spent too much time in Far Cry 6 already. Like, they have a bunch of gear that you can get and they have like these chests all around and they're not required for trophies, but I love getting them. It's like every time I get a new one, I'm like, oh, new gear that I can equip or new, new guns that I can play with. And it's not like the way that they work is usually the gear has some kind of perk to it. It has, and then you can like, which is nice. You can dress it up so you can, if you don't like how it looks, you can make it look like something else. But then on top of that, you, like when you get a gun, you can customize the fuck out of the guns. Just like every aspect you can put on different uh, muzzles or, or, or silencers and you can put on, you know, you can do different clips and like just put different mods on them and just completely customize it, put different paints and colors on them. And so I'm like constantly, when I get a new gun, I'm like, oh, cool. I can go put a bunch of attachments on it and make it mine make it like a unique weapon for me and then use them and it's like it's very fun to do that but i stopped probably about <laughs> after 10 hours of getting a bunch of chests and unlocking a bunch of weapons i'm like okay i'll stop i'll stop because i'm gonna i'm gonna burn myself out because there's so much to get in this game but it's one of those things where it's like i have to get all 49 unique weapons so i know that later i'm gonna have to start going to the chests and again and start like getting all of the unique ones, but I'll follow a video guide for that because it's not going to be, there's the unique weapons you cannot customize. Like that's specifically they're built so that they're like, 
they have unique perks on them and unique customization and unique paints. And then you can use those weapons and they're really, really good usually. But yeah, I've been, I mean, I don't know, man. It, this is a perfect game to get me back in the spirit of like trophy hunting after my move because there's just constantly things, especially with using the trophy tra- tracker on PS5, there's just certain things where I can just be like, oh, I want to poison five enemies to kill other enemies. Or, you know, I want to, I want to, right now, I literally am trophy tracking a, like tra- when I see a tank, I have equipped it an EMP and all you have to do is use the EMP on a tank and hijack it. And I'm like, okay, so next time I see a tank, EMP is out and then I'm, I'm going to hijack it. And that's another trophy. It's just like, it's an easy ass trophy hunting game, but it's so fun and enjoyable. And I, I mean, it's not like, I'm not, it's, I wouldn't say, Oh, go get Far Cry six. Everybody got to play this game. No, absolutely not. It's just like one of those games that's, you know, you kick back, you enjoy it and you have fun. And like, that's it. There's nothing more to it. <laughs> like, there's nothing more to Far Cry. It's just not that great, you know. It's just like it, it's put really that on cool. The box. It's not that yeah, great. Far Cry Six. <laughs> it's not that Me, great, I, but it's cool to see like the cultural stuff. Like it takes place in Cuba, and one of my favorite things is like I love baseball, and Cuba is a huge place that loves baseball. And you know, I see gloves and baseballs all around. And then not only that, but like to distract enemies, you can actually throw a baseball, like equip them and throw them, and then in the cars and on the guns i'm i'm putting like little baseball mods on there so that like it constantly has like on my whenever i call a car it has like a baseball hanging from the rear from the from the mirror in the middle and i'm just like this is awesome like it's just so it, it's so cool to just like see different places and that's why i've always played far cry cuz it's like they're all ge- geographically diverse you know you should in like four. dress up as a baseball they really should cuz i would oh my god i would <laughs> And I think you could dress up as a chicken in like, this one. Go ahead. Think, that can't be the guy. That's just a, a giant baseball. <laughs> just Dude, health bonus. There's a there is a trophy for dressing up as a chicken, so I'm gonna do that. You already know it. Nice. <laughs> you already know it. So, but yeah, that's all I've been playing is just Far Cry, getting back on the horse, and then whenever I finish that and I finish all the DLC, I'm gonna go to uh, Ghostwire Tokyo, that because I own these games already. So. Yeah, I mean, there's horses in Far Cry Six as well. You say get get back on the horse. There's horses in that game. There are, and it's pretty cool. I I hijacked one, and then I I ended up putting it in my inventory because like if you take a oh, horse, horse back, yeah, you, if you it, like, there's different horses, and you can like take them back to your camp, and then you get to have them unlocked. So I'm like, I st- I stole this huge black horse, and I was like, it's faster than mine, so I'm taking it. <laughs> I'm taking it. Peace out. But nice. Yeah. What have you been playing? I've been playing a ton of stuff. I've been playing A Hat in Time, which I really enjoyed. It's been on my list for a long time. It's uh, an indie 3D platformer, and it's kind of like, plays mostly like Super Mario Sunshine, I suppose, maybe Super Mario 64. It's got a lot of like unique charm to it, personality that's quite infectious in sort of how happy and whimsical it is. And there's basically different themed worlds that you travel between and you unlock different hats which give you powers so that's kind of where it's like i guess like a a touchstone would be like you know super mario sunshine with like the flood and how it like you can modify it to unlock new abilities and new areas so it's kind of like that and different hats let you like sprint or slow down time or throw potions or discover hidden platforms and things like that and you can swap between the hats pretty quickly so it's really good at first, though, it's a bit slow and slower than I expected. Like, 
it starts off really easy, which you'd expect, obviously, because, you know, it's the start of the game. You wouldn't want it to start and be difficult, but it kind of stays that way for a bit too long, I think. And also you don't have many hats, so the mechanics aren't really that interesting because you just start with a hat that when you press it, it like shows you your objective. And then there's another hat that lets you sprint. And those two kind of feel like basically default movement abilities that are just sort of, you know, put into hats, if that makes sense. Like, you know, there's there's plenty of games with a, with a sprint and with, you know, a thing that shows you your objective that aren't like, you know, part of, of sort of the, I don't know, special moves or anything. They're just sort of part of the moveset by default. So I thought it was a bit slow and took a bit too long to get going, maybe. But by the end, it really picks up when you've like unlocked all the hats and you're like searching for secrets and going through like the harder levels on each world and the boss fights. It really hits a fun rhythm and I I enjoyed it. I mean, I thought at first I was like, I'll just complete it and then I'll be done with it because there's two DLCs for this game. There's one that's kind of like has like an additional world and like a challenge mode. And then there's another one that has an additional world. And I thought at first, like, oh, I'm not really enjoying this that much. Like, it's kind of like a six out of 10 for me. You know, I, I'm having a good time with it, but I don't want to, like, go above and beyond and, and play, like, all the expansions and, and that kind of thing. But then by the end, I was like, I actually really want to play more of this because this is a ton of fun. So I played one of the DLCs. It's uh, that I played the Nyakuza Metro. Uh, that's Nya, like, you know, like, like Nyan Cat, like a, like a, like a cat noise. And then Yakuza, <laughs> like Yakuza. So as you can tell, it's like a cat slash Japan themed metro station, which is a really cool setting, I thought. And it was really fantastic. It's kind of like the most, well, maybe the second most open level that they've ever done. But it's like an interior level that's quite open, which is really interesting because their other sort of super open level, I'd say, is like on these different islands outside. But this one, it's all like inside this metro station. But there's about like 10 hats that you blank. I don't mean hats. I mean something else. Yeah, they're uh, stop what they're like hourglasses. That's the word. Oh, <laughs> you use yes. The, so hourglasses you collect are like the stars in Mario, for example. You know, you complete a level, you get you get a star and then, you know, you go back out and then you go back in and you get more. Yeah, in this game, there are these hourglasses that you're trying to collect. And those in the story of the game, you're like flying like a spaceship. And those are used as like some sort of fuel to allow you to travel. And I guess, you know, like a hat in time, you know, it's like traveling through time and space and all of that kind of thing. So that's why you're trying to collect them because you lose them out of your ship and then you have to gather them to then sort of get the power to go wherever. And yeah, there's about 10 of them in that world, which is the most in any world. So the expansion has like a ton of content and it's quite a dense map as well, which I wasn't expecting. Like there's lots of things to find, lots of things to do, but it's also open in the way that you can approach them. And you get these different key cards that then like unlock different sections of the map. So even though it's open, it's sort of only pseudo open because you're being guided down mostly linear paths, but it feels open and it feels quite vast, but not overwhelming. I think they struck a really fantastic balance in terms of that like not being overwhelming but also feeling quite free free and open and yeah all the characters are just funny i mean it's like they're obviously not fleshing out the characters too much because it's mostly about the gameplay but they just have like just enough charm and personality to them that they become memorable which is always nice again they just they just strike that balance really really well 
And so now I've got 1,400 game score in the game. There's 1,900 total, but I have oh, the nice. base 1,000. And I might play the other DLC, but I might not. The other DLC is that it has a world, but it also has this challenge mode. And the challenge mode seems a bit tedious. And also the way people get the like hardest achievement in that is there's some kind of like assist mode type thing that you can turn on. And so you just do all the challenges with that, which is still apparently difficult, but I I always kind of hate that stuff. Like it feels like it kind of puts you in a bad situation because I'd rather do in terms of like me playing the game, I feel like I'd rather do the challenge how the developers intend it. And I'd rather do the challenge on like in like the most difficult way, I guess, in terms of in terms of without the assist. But then the fact that the achievement unlocks, if you do use the assist, it's kind of like, well, I'd be stupid to like play this for like 30 hours or whatever, if I could do it in like five hours, if I just use the assist thing. Like, again, you get the problem of like, you know, I like this game, but I don't know if I like it that much to like want to master it. But then if you do use the assist, you know, the the gameplay experience is kind of more boring and it feels like you haven't really earned it. So it's kind of awkward either way, like whichever decision you make, it feels like there's a trade off there. I feel like the solution would just be to not have the achievement unlock if you used the assist stuff, really. But yeah, I'm probably not going to play that DLC because of that. It just seems kind of annoying and time-consuming and not set up in the way I'd want. So I think I might be done with it. Like, I'm really happy with it. Like, 1,400 a lot of gamer score to get out of one game, obviously. So yeah, really, really great game. Recommend it to I, pretty much everyone i looked it up um while you were talking about it and it looks really good like interesting art style but then it looks like like an action platformer kind of looks really like fun fun to play around and mess around with like yeah the movement is really satisfying i think they nailed that in terms of you can like you have like a sprint hat but even without the sprint if you do like a dive you can dive forwards and then if you time a button press to go out of the dive you do like an extra jump that gives you like a burst of speed and it's like a timing thing. Like you press like right trigger to dive or whatever. And then you press that. And then when you sort of about to hit the ground, you press it again and then you boost forward with a burst of speed and that's faster than sprinting. So you can get into like this flow state of moving around the level, which is really enjoyable, especially when you're exploring. Because I think if you have like, if you have these bigger maps where there's sort of a broader variety of what to do than, than sort of a linear platforming stage, you have to make sure that actually traversing the environment is really fun. You know, it's something that people like about, you know, Dying Light and Mirror's Edge and games like that, where it's like, if you make these sort of bigger levels in scope, then you have to make sure the sort of fundamental movement mechanics are fun to just run around, even if you're not um, going through like a scripted set piece. It still has to be really enjoyable. And they absolutely nailed that. So yeah, great game. The second game I've been playing, is Cuphead, the delicious last course. Yes. And I've been waiting so long for this DLC. The original Cuphead, I absolutely love it. And the DLC is fantastic. It's been great to get back into Cuphead. I was so rusty at first, though, because I haven't played it for years. And the DLC bosses, I don't know if they're the hardest bosses. I wouldn't necessarily say they're super difficult. They're tough, though. They're the DLC island is kind of bolted onto the end of the game. So I assume the intent is that they're the hardest bosses in the game. I didn't go back to sort of the sort of penultimate at this point bosses, like the bosses that were at the end of the game last time to sort of check and compare how, how they are to these new bosses. But the bosses were 
obliterating me at first because I hadn't played for so long that I'm just like, you know, I, I need a tutorial again. I can't, I can't just, uh, just go straight in and go to these super difficult fights. But eventually I, I got with it and you learn the patterns of the bosses and then you find what, what's amazing about Cuphead. And I was really reminded of it by playing this is that you will fight like stage one of a boss and you'll be like, I can't do this. There's no way I can do this. And then like 30 minutes later, while you keep attempting it, you'll be on like the third stage of a boss. And then when you go back and retry, you just breeze through the first stage. Like you breeze through it without getting hit once. And you just like 30 minutes ago, I couldn't even like get through this without dying. Like I was taking like four hits on this stage, but now I'm just going through it easily. And it just feels so satisfying that like you're not, you're not like getting an upgrade or you're not, necessarily getting a new weapon although you could be that's like making it easier it's just that you're getting better at the game like you're identifying the patterns you're getting more skilled you're able to come up with strategies to get around different attacks and learning how to respond to things and and that's the reason you're doing better and that's perfect in this type of game like it's just brilliant to have that i think the new fights are fair as well which obviously has to be the case and the artwork is beautiful, as always. The music's beautiful. There's a secret in the new location that I appreciated. And then there's this gauntlet of parry challenges that I didn't expect to see. And I found that really, really enjoyable. So, yeah, fantastic. I wish there was more content, though, and it feels like a greedy thing to say. But it, it took me about six to eight hours to get all the achievements. Uh, I made some guides for Macca as well, so that added to the time a little. Uh, but I was going to get all the achievements anyway, obviously. So for the most part, it was just a matter of recording my like runs for the achievements. But a couple, I did, I did re-record a couple of things. So that added to it. But for the most part, yeah, about six to eight hours in terms of getting everything done. But I think if you just went for like all the bosses and you weren't trying to get A ranks, you could probably beat this DLC in about two hours. So for the money, like this DLC is only like six pounds, I think, maybe like eight dollars absolutely easily worth it for the money like no question no doubt but in terms of like the time it's taken for this to release that's where it kind of feels a bit sad in terms of cuphead came out in 2017 i believe so five years for this dlc and then you're kind of like done with it in like six hours you come like ah uh, you know like i really wish there was more i think as well it hurts even more because there's nothing like cuphead i don't think like there's no like other games that scratch that same itch there's just this like one team making this and it's just incredible. Like I, I can't think of 2D boss fights that really compare or just that like gameplay style generally. I, I guess, you know, it's like maybe like an evolution of like Mega Man or something, but I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm going to talk about Hollow Knight later and Hollow Knight has some cool bosses as well, but I feel like there's nothing really that, that does what Cuphead does. So it makes it hit even harder that the DLC kind of, I don't know. I don't know if Lax content is fair because again, like given the price they're charging for it, it has so much content, but it makes me wish they made like a Cuphead 2 or something, which it, it, it's like a stupid, like I don't mean it as like a criticism because it would, you know, oh, why, why can't you just, you know, why can't you just make double the content? Why don't you just do it? You know, like it, obviously it's like a very ignorant thing to say to, to sort of level that a uh, developer, but and I think as well, I, I respect and appreciate that they're like happy to like do their own thing and work at their own pace and be at the scale they're at and just sort of do that and make sure everything's up to like the level of quality. Like everything in this DLC is 
absolutely exceptional. There's no dull moment. There's no part where you're like, oh, this is a, this is kind of a low point, really. There, there's nothing like that. Everything's just amazing. And so I, I think, you know, in terms of that, I'd not change anything. But at the same time, I'm like, God, it, it took so long to get this. And then it's over so quickly that you're just like, you know, because see that. That's the the positive and negative of the hand drawn because it's so beautifully hand drawn and it's like, but it takes so long for them to do it. So now that this is out and like, again, not complaining that it's short or anything like that, but it's just like they're, they've spent all of these five years making these six hours of content and like hand drawing all of these frames. And then now they have like, if they start to work on a Cuphead 2, it's going to be a very, very long time, but it's very yeah. cool. I mean, I assume they don't want to scale up significantly. Like, I assume they want to keep their, like, small team. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, yeah, maybe they should make something different as well because I think this developer is, like, so exciting that they've got, like, one series and it's just so, like, knocks it out of the park. It's incredible. But now I'm, like, I'm kind of, like, if, you know, obviously this is called the Delicious Last Course, which Im- implies that, you know, this is it for Cuphead. Oh, yeah. at least for the foreseeable future like the name suggests that but i don't know if they've like said anything or if they've they've said like oh we're not we're definitely not doing cuphead 2 or whatever but whatever they do I, i'm gonna be there day one to play it for sure so but yeah i just i love it and it's a sign of like a truly great like generation defining video game that when you play it you're like happy and sad like you've got like this melancholic like I'm not going to experience something like that again for a long time. And I, I know it. Like, I, I already know that there's not going to be something that does what that game does. And I'm just not going to see it for ages and ages. And so you, you feel like happy and blessed that you got to play that. But then you're also like, ah, this kind of this kind of hurts as well. It kind of stings. So you get sort of the, that feeling. But yeah, I highly recommend the base game cuphead the dlc play it it's incredible it's probably my fate i said last week i think or last time that it's my i think it was when it was an xbox exclusive it was probably my favorite of the xbox one gen so you know and it's just some indie game so you know that that's maybe a little uh, crazy but <laughs> i think yeah everyone should play it and it's on everything now so there's like no excuse to to not play it although actually there is one excuse i guess uh, I saw that I saw people complaining about this. That on PlayStation, apparently, all the trophies in the DLC are bronze, and that like annoys people. <laughs> I don't know if uh, I don't know if there's like a rule on like trophies or whatever. On Xbox, it has 500 gamer score, so that's quite good, and the yeah. achievements are worth like a lot of points as well. So that's nice. So but I, I think how many are there in the DLC? How many how many achievements? I don't know off the top of my head. Okay, so because you know. Trophies and achievements, we've talked about this before. They both run on a number scale. So if it, there's 500, I mean, if they were all 100, those are like gold level. But if there's a, a good number of them, it could be between bronze and silver. But it, that wouldn't bother me, bronze. There's, uh, there's 14 achievements in the DLC. Okay. There's 14, yeah. and uh, one of them's one, two, three, four, five, six. Six of them are 50 points. One of them's 70 points. And then a few are like 10, 25. Yeah, see, so they're on, on Xbox, if if they were to have those same numbers on PlayStation, then there would be a lot of bronze and silver. But I don't know why they did all bronze. But 
it doesn't like like I said that doesn't bother me I still I love I love the trophy hunt I don't care what level it is <laughs> yeah we've not really talked about that before I I didn't know if it was like a big thing in like the trophy community to to like care about like the because I, I assume the way it works right there's like a trophy level on PlayStation yes. and I assume gold trophies and platinum trophies get you more towards that than get you more points towards that than bronze and silvers right that's correct yeah yeah so so the reason people would be annoyed at it is because if you just give them a bunch of bronzes then if they're if they're someone who cares about their trophy level rather than their completion percentage then they think like oh it's not giving me much of a boost yeah it's true but i think more on the playstation side whenever people get bronze trophies the the most frustration they have is that it's just a bronze trophy for something that's very hard so it's it's probably the same thing on Xbox where you get a low gamer score for something that's so ridiculously hard. I think you had one of those in, in Halo where it's just like, why is it so ridiculously hard and it's just such a low level reward? Like right, it should yeah. be a it should be a gold, like get the most amount of points for something difficult. And then, you know, there's videos that people make about that. The ten hardest bronze trophies and shit. <laughs> you know? Yeah, okay. That makes sense. Yeah, so love Cuphead, play it. Then I played this game called to the moon and beyond it's a it's a game by nasa it's free and it's sort of an easy completion it's i I was interested in it because first of all like it's free and it's kind of an easy game a score game but also i'm interested in nasa and you know space is cool and all of that kind of stuff and i thought it'd be interesting to play like an educational card game but the game's more annoying as a completion than i thought but i think i can get it in like two hours or so but I did a few games and it was okay, but it was one of those things where like you play through it like a few times, like three times, and then you're like, okay, I've, I get it, right? Like I've seen enough. I, d- I don't need to play this anymore. And it gets kind of mind numbing. You essentially have, you have an amount of money and you need to complete sets of colors by buying cards, which correspond to those colors. So you need to like, you have like four years of like in-game time to complete research projects in lots of different areas so like in like a human and like a robot and like a habitat and a rocket and that kind of thing you have to like build up like you know and the rocket might be blue and the habitat might be green or whatever and so the cards are color-coded and you have to sort of buy the right cards to fill in like a set and to get everything sort of evenly distributed which is like a common idea for a game like you know there's lots of games that have that kind of format in terms of just collecting sets of cards to score points, essentially. And you either, like, win or lose. Like, you either complete it within four, four, four years or you don't. It's not like um, you're, like, going for high scores necessarily. You just sort of pass or fail. And you also can buy research instead of cards. So, like, the same money uses for research or cards. And if you use the research, that kind of makes other cards accessible and cheaper so it's kind of like got a strategy layer to it with that but there's also a lot of rng because it depends on what cards you get shown and when because you can discard a card but if you discard it costs like one of the money in the game anyway so if you just get bad cards or cards that you can't figure out like a path to build a set you can still kind of get screwed over i i think it's it's interesting I, I like that the cards teach you about NASA research and also at the end with like all of the stuff that you collect, you can buy, you can like build up like 
components of like a rocket so you can like build your own rocket and you can like get a sticker of it and you know take a screenshot and show people or whatever but it's it's not really interesting enough to like you'd never you know, it's funny because you build like a rocket or you build like a habitat but you'd never take a picture of it and actually show people it's not that interesting it's just kind of like a a bit of extra flair or like really good for young children although i feel like the game is maybe a little too complicated for young children so it's kind of awkward in that sense that it's like who is this for i guess maybe teenagers but teenagers would be bored by it especially compared to other video games so it's like it's too complicated for young children but it's not exciting enough for teenagers and then if you're an adult it's maybe a bit too basic at that point so it it kind of doesn't really fit anywhere that well and i kind of regret starting it to be honest but it's fine it's totally fine as a game i'll probably complete it eventually anyway but i am like i shouldn't have started this i thought it'd be an easy completion and it is but it's just like it's so boring at this point that i'm like i don't i don't know if i can do it and and it's tough to do it as well as like in terms of i don't want to like focus on it like because it's so like you know it's kind of like f- playing it kind of feels like reading a textbook in some ways which you know reading a textbook can be good sometimes but a lot of the time you know you want to play video games to kind of escape that kind of thing so you know it, it's not a great fit in terms of a game i guess the other thing i've been playing well there's two other things I'll do Fall Guys next, actually. So I played Fall Guys some more. I'm at 30 out of 34 achievements. There's one unobtainable achievement. So in the free-to-play update for the game, they reclassified legendary body colors and patterns. So none of them exist anymore. And there's an achievement uh, called Head Turner for equipping legendary body color pattern upper and lower costume pieces at the same time, or just, I think, throughout your lifetime. Yeah, you can't get that achievement anymore. And, well, you could never get the achievement. Well, the way you could get the achievement is if you'd already done it on PlayStation or already done it on PC and then, like, transferred your Epic account over, then everything would unlock on Xbox. So some people have the achievement, but the achievement is unobtainable if you don't have, like, an account on a previous save that's done it. So that's really annoying. Hopefully they add legendary body colors and patterns again i assume they will and they'll charge a lot of money for them in the shop so that'll be quite bad as well if they do that but maybe maybe they won't maybe they'll put it in i mean i I don't know i mean i assume the only way to get it will be to spend real money probably which sucks because having to spend money to get an achievement is you know it's not it's not fun it's not cool no it's not Um, um is that is that added is that an added achievement or is that no it something... was in the game from before but it was base yeah but you could unlock it before like you could unlock it before because so what epic and mediatonic did was when they went free to play they reclassified a lot of the items so like if they're like used to be legendary body colors and patterns and presumably you could unlock them in the game for free epic or mediatonic or both were like okay so we're going to make these common items now and make it so there's far fewer legendary items and then we're going to put the epic and legendary items in the shop you know in the like page shop so that's how you get them now so it kind of sucks it's kind of scummy in a way but i get it because the game's free to play now so i think i'd be totally fine with it honestly if there wasn't an achievement tied to it like if they just decided like okay this is how we're going to monetize the game that's fine there being an achievement based on it 
that is at the moment impossible and who knows when it will become possible if it will become possible that's what sucks about it to me yeah kind of really annoying and i feel like they hadn't thought about the achievement or didn't care about the achievement when they made that decision because they should probably a good way to fix it would be to make it so you can get like one set like one legendary in each category uh not easily but in a way like through the game like for example there's um when you win games you get crowns and those crowns can unlock items in it's like called like a crown pass and what they could do to fix it for example i mean it would suck but they could say, oh, you need, you know, 1,000 wins and you're guaranteed to get this, you know, legendary body color or whatever. And then have that so, you know, if people really don't want to pay for anything, they can at least get the achievement. Like the achievement's still possible to get through the game through, you know, for free, I think would be probably the best thing they could do, I guess. But yeah, that, that's really annoying for sure. And I still don't have the infallible achievement to win five in a row. I have three games in a row. I did it. I did three in a row solo, and I did three in a row with uh, some friends as well. And the other achievements I have left, I need a legendary item, as we've, you know, I need a full set of them for that impossible achievement, but I need one legendary, and then I'll get an achievement. And then I also need to buy 50 cosmetics from the shop, but I don't want to use real money, so that'll take some time to do that. But. Yeah, Fall Guys, great game, kind of annoying with the achievements. Yeah, that is very frustrating that they, they've done that. They have to be aware of that, right? They can't just be oblivious. Maybe. I mean, I'm sure they've got like lots and lots of issues to deal with that that's going to be pretty low on the list. But I think eventually, I mean, they, they do add content really regularly. So I think eventually they'll just add legendary stuff to the game. But I assume you will have to pay for it to get the achievement, which sucks. But hopefully it's just not too expensive, I guess. And, Fall you know, guys. To, to be fair, I'm happy to spend some money on the game because it is it is a really great game. And, you know, I got it for free. So it really is a great game. And like, it's such a great game for casuals. Like my sister, she hates video games. She never learns what the names like I she probably doesn't know what Fortnite is and she's you know she teaches kids she like hears the names of them and she's like I don't know what it is she doesn't care and she was watching she sent me a, a picture the other day and she said it was a uh, gang beast she was like I don't know what this is but it's really funny she was watching some kids play it and I was like oh that's gang beasts if you if you like that game maybe encourage the kids to try fall guys because it's basically not like knockout with beans and she was like that sounds really funny and I was like it's just such a like it's such a good casual game like it, it it it's such a unique idea and it's fun to watch like you don't even have to play it and it's it's fun it's like it's it's really clever and i i'm it's cool to hear that you've been playing it and that you like it it's very cool yeah it's great yeah it's it's definitely addictive and it's fun to play with friends as well it's it's funny as well going from so i played a hat in time and then i played cuphead and then pl- going back to Fall Guys, like going back to Fall Guys after Cuphead with how difficult Cuphead is. And then the Fall Guys obstacle courses are mostly pretty simple. It's like it, it's it's night and day. It, it It's weird. When I when I first went back to Fall Guys, it felt like I was mostly playing on autopilot compared to how focused I had to be for some of the S rank Cuphead stuff. But yeah, the, the, those achievements in, in Cuphead are quite tough. Some of them, some of them are. Some of them you can kind of cheese and get easily. The The hardest one probably is getting an S rank because I don't think there's like a free way to do it. And also it has to be from one of the new DLC bosses. So I got a, a method and I found it pretty consistent, but it's still 
requires a ton of skill. In the end, we we didn't decide to do a guide for it because like the strategies that we have work, but they still require like a tiny bit of good luck and a lot of skill. Like you already have to build up a lot of skill to do it. Whereas I feel like when most people are looking for guides for most stuff, they just want like oh, if you stand in this corner, then, you know, the enemy can never hit you. And, and you know, you you just press the X button a few times and then you win. You know, that, that's what most people are looking for in guides, to be honest. Or, or something that can be like, that is difficult, but can be replicated quite easily. Whereas because stuff in Cuphead, like what the enemy decides to do, what the minions decide to do, what the boss decides to do, like it's all changes each run. So... It's kind of like high skill and hard to follow that it's kind of like it's it's tough to make a guide for that or, or tough to have people that may have uh, patience for a guide like that, if that makes sense. Because if if you make a guide on that, you kind of have to you'd have to try it and then probably try it over and over and over again before you get it. And I could see how if I was watching a guide and they were like, hey, do this. And then I did that and it didn't work. And then I did that 10 more times and it didn't work. And then I did it 10 more times and it didn't work. And then I did 20 more times and it did work. I'd be like, eh, I don't know if that guide was any good. Even if the guide was like completely fine, if that makes sense. So it's it's a really awkward one, that S rank achievement, both in terms of how difficult it is to get. It took me about, I think, 20 to 30 minutes of constant attempts. And I tried it on lots of different bosses as well. So that probably ended up being like an hour and a half until I decided which boss I thought was easiest. That's what's also interesting about uh, the S rank with Cuphead is that for different people, I think they'll find different bosses easier and sort of fit with the way they view and play the game. That It's kind of cool because people I've talked to that have the S rank have done it on completely different fights. Like I think there's a couple of fights where people consider those to be like the hardest and then like three fights which people consider to be the easiest, but the way people rank those three is just totally different depending on who you ask. Which shows like they've done an incredible job of balancing it, but also it shows how brutally difficult the game is uh to get those S ranks. So, yeah, going from that to Fall Guys, it was like just a, a crazy contrast most of the time. But I'm uh, I'm pretty good at the Fall Guys mini games now. Like I understand them all. I feel like the first time you play each one, you're like, I don't understand what's going on for some of them, and then that can result in you getting killed. But other than that, it's it's pretty good. But there's some some stuff that ends up being luck based, which is annoying. But the game, it's not meant to be taken like super seriously. Again, you know, you said about it being a casual game. It's perfect for that as well. So it was like a totally different contrast between that and Cuphead in that way as well. But the final thing I've been playing has been Hollow Knight, uh, the Void Heart edition. So I played around an hour of Hollow Knight a few years ago, and I wasn't really feeling it. And I don't know why, I think I was just like not in the mood for that type of game at that time. But coming back to it now, it's been incredible. It's been amazing so far. I'm still not far enough. I think I'm about five hours in, so I'm, I'm not far enough to talk too much about it. But it's always been really high on my backlog because I know so many people love it. And I love indie games and platformers and Metroidvanias and games with like Souls-like aspects to them. So it felt like this game was like a perfect mix and recommended to me from so many different angles. And I'm going to go for the completion in it. So it'll be cool to talk about that because I know this game's a long completion. So it'll I'll probably be playing it for a few weeks. I was actually deciding between this and I think Yakuza Kiwami 2 to play next because they're both like big games, I guess. And 
I, I thought I, I want to do like a, a big game that I can commit to for a while because not much is coming out that I'm interested in in the next like couple of months or so, I think. Uh, especially I talked about before, you know, Cuphead was like the big game for me this year. So after after that's gone, I'm kind of like, I, I've got like some free time now to focus on like one game for a long time if I want, which is nice. But for now, like I'm not really focused on the completion. I'm just taking it easy. I'm not using a guide. I'm doing a blind playthrough, exploring the world and, you know, fighting bosses and meeting different people. And we talked about it before, but I know I could speed things up by using a guide or by planning out what I'm going to do for, you know, the, the game in general. But I feel like this game is special to so many people and you really lose something by not doing a blind first time playthrough of a lot of games like it's always a decision, I think, where like you sort of have to predict almost how much you're going to like the game or how much you're going to care about the game because there'll be times where I'll have a guide up with me when I play a game for the first time, but it's quite rare. And it's like, if I already really feel like I know what to expect or I've had too much of it spoiled for me and I really just want to get through it like quickly and efficiently, or there's going to be something that I know is super annoying. So I'm like, oh, okay, I need to do that. But if you can avoid it, it, it's good to just do a blind playthrough because you can really cheapen and lose out on some experiences. So, I mean, I think back to there's, there's games where I played them for the first time without a guide and it just felt the sense of like discovery and wonder is amazing. I mean, we talked about Elden Ring, right? That that's like a big game for me where it's like, if I played that with a guide and like a walkthrough guiding me like step-by-step, step, I feel like I would have lost so much from that game. So when, when I know a game's like, special to a lot of people i'm like okay i'm gonna try and like avoid spoilers as much as i can and avoid using a guide but the problem is is that i've had like a couple of things spoiled for me in hollow knight because the game's just so popular and talked about so much that it's like you just stumble into it yeah. so and that, that's that been like spoiled for me for like i don't know like a, like a year or a year or two but i feel like there's so much mystery and so much about the world and the game that i have to learn that I'm not really that worried about it, which is nice. So yeah, it, it feels great as well. It's kind of got the, I get It's kind of got, I mean, there's a lot of Metroidvanias that are like this, but also like Zelda games and like Dark Souls and stuff where your first time as well is like you choosing to go like left or right. And you have like no information on whether you should go left or right. And both ways look uh, foreboding and equally mysterious and potentially terrible and so you kind of the first time you play one of these games you carve your own path through the world and you have like your own unique journey through it and so i feel like that's important to retain about this game as well because i know that there's stuff that i've done that i assume other people won't have done or won't have found their first time and then there's probably a ton of stuff that i've missed as well but it's also like it's awkward because again kind of like with elden ring because i played elden ring when it came out I felt like I could talk about that game a lot while I was playing it to people and be like, oh, hey, did you do this? Did you see that? Did you, you know, because you're sort of at the same level with everyone, with everyone on the internet. Whereas I feel like I can't talk about Hollow Knight to people who have played Hollow Knight because if I'm like, oh, hey, I did this. And then, then it's like, well, the person I'm talking to knows everything about the game. So there's no like shared uh, discovery or at least it's not like temporally connected, I guess, like it, it's you know, for them, they've they've already had all that experience and they've already done all of that. And then, you know, if you talk to people who haven't played Hollow Knight, obviously they don't have any shared experience. So it's kind of 
awkward in that sense because I don't want to say stuff because I don't want to sort of accidentally invite learning more about the game than I want to at the moment because I just want to sort of have my own experience, have my own like bubble with it, I guess. No, I totally know what you mean, though I don't do it very often. Like it's it's not that I go and I look up guides and I read every single thing about the game before I need to go into it. I usually it's almost always I look up a guide to look for missables and then I also look at the time to complete. And if if it's too long, then I'll just be like, okay, so I'm going to go for a higher completion percentage, but I'm not going for it. And then I'll just keep like those things in the back of my mind that I know that I'm going to like that are missable. And and like that's the full extent of guides look like guide looking up before I go into a game because I don't want I'm so spoiler sensitive. I think I've told you this before, but like, dude, when I learn there's actors in a game, when I learn there's different characters, like there's a cameo, anything, anything is a spoiler for me. It's like I saw the first trailer. I don't know anything else. I'm not going to watch anything else. So whenever something else happens and people tell me about the trailer, I'm like, fuck, I got it. Yeah, it's tough as well, because there's kind of a difference between like, like you care mostly about story in games. So obviously you want to avoid story spoilers and I want to yeah. avoid story spoilers as well. But I feel like story spoilers are typically the easiest to avoid because usually the achievement list doesn't spoil it unless it's in like the secret achievements. And even then I've noticed games tend to not like they'd be vague about the description. Like they'd be like that, like for example, there might be like a story achievement at the, at the end of the game. And it's like, make a horrible choice or something you know like it's like quite vague like it's like oh that could mean anything you know like uh, you know it sucks that i read it but it's not like it didn't say like oh you know you know you chose to murder katie or whatever like it's it's not telling you like exactly like (laughs) the the big thing at the end of the game or whatever like it's um so there's even there's even times where i'm reading a guide and it'll be like it'll be like make sure you roll three dice before you take two cards and i'm like what the fuck does that mean like what yeah yeah, I don't know. So, so the thing it, for me is that like like story spoilers, I think it's pretty easy to avoid, even if even if you're looking at achievements and looking for a guide. The thing that's really hard to avoid and that I like to avoid is like gameplay spoilers and like mechanical spoilers. Like spoilers that are like, uh, you go here and then you fight this guy and then you unlock this thing and then that thing lets you <laughs> go to this place, right? Like like that yeah. type of thing, right? Or like right. you you can't jump up here yet because you need to get this thing, right? Like those are like gameplay spoilers. They're not story spoilers. And those things are written into guides all the time because a lot of people, when they look for a guide, it's because they're like stuck. They're like, oh, I'm trying to jump up this place and it's not working. So they, they need the guide to tell them, like, that's not what you do. But for a game, you know, like Hollow Knight, where the story is quite minimalist, but the gameplay is very, is what, and gameplay and exploration is like what it's all about. It means there's tons of those like mechanical, like gameplay spoilers that it's hard to avoid. So it's kind of like a, a different type of spoiler, I guess, in a way. And it, and those ones tend to be the ones that like are really easy to spoil for yourself. But if you're so much about like the journey and the journey isn't really about the story in this case, it's really tough to avoid that stuff apart from just going like completely, like basically completely dark on, on the game and just like not talking about it, not reading about it. And so I've mostly been doing that, but I've seen the achievement list. I don't think I've seen the secret achievements but I might be wrong. But yeah, I know the achievement list and I know like a couple of things. Like I know like a couple of extra things I have to do for the completion, but I don't know like a root of the game or the the flow of the game or everything that happens and 
that that's nice and I want to keep it that way if I can. Yeah, it's it's interesting, man, talking about the guides and everything. It's it's so convenient and easy to look things up now that as it as we got further into the PS4 generation, I would just like look things up before even trying and now I consciously make the effort not to do that. So, example, like I've been playing Far Cry a lot and there's been these missions where you need to solve these puzzles in order to uh, get these statues and then you return the statues and you get like a, uh, you unlock a gun and and a supremo which like goes on your back and it does like a special special you know super move and the thing about it is like in the, i looked up videos and i just looked up the starting location and then whenever i got there i went and tried to solve the puzzles myself and when i got stuck it's like oh I, I i could just press play on the video and do it but i don't i like try my best to like run around and if it's if i'm taking too long like more than 15 minutes i'm like all right all right i'll look it up because it seems like this is ridiculous and like there was one puzzle where i had done everything right and then i got all the way down to the bottom and i saw saw like this gate was locked and i was like oh i just probably had to blow it up I tried to blow it up i like ran around the area and i couldn't figure it out and i'm like what the hell is going on and it was like two or three locations back where i was supposed to press a red button and i'm like I would have never figured that out without the video wouldn't have done it. And so it's just like trying my best to not do that unless it's extremely needed. And I have a lot more fun with games that way, you know, trying to solve the puzzles myself because I'm playing it. It's not somebody else playing it and then me just following in their steps. And, and that I've been more conscious about it as we've gone, like maybe halfway through the PS4 generation, I started to think more like that because there was a while where I just had every guide up all of the time, just trying to get the hundred percent. And I've again laxed on that too, where I just care, you know, about my completion percentage. So I don't need the platinums anymore. I just need the highest percentage that I can get. That's like what I like to do. At least that's what I enjoy doing. Yeah, but. it's definitely it's definitely difficult to strike that balance. For me, it has to be like it's not like perfect and it's not like rigorous or like scientific. But for me, I'm sort of like, how much am I going to care about this game? And if like it's not very much, then yeah, I'll probably use a guide and streamline everything if I can on like a first playthrough. Like, I guess I'll give you an example. Like, I think if I go back to Far Cry Six, I will probably I'm I'm okay with using a guide for stuff because I'm not that invested in, especially like gameplay or mechanical spoilers. I don't really care that much about it like you know like like if there's a guide about like i don't know or the legendary you know desert eagle or whatever you know like if the, if there's a guide for that then yeah sure show me it like I'd, I'd rather i'd rather see it than have to like explore the whole open world to right try and but, find it but it, it, it so it depends on the game basically like it absolutely. depends on the game and how you feel about the game and also how much content is in the game as well that's probably like different to achievements like like uh, I guess with like Far Cry Six, you could probably spend hundreds of hours in that game if you wanted to do like everything, yes. like yes. like absolute and explore like everywhere for places that you don't even know, like if they exist. If that makes sense, like right, like yeah. If you if you went that hard, like that'd be crazy. So so I'm okay with like that game, for example, for using a guide. But it, it yeah really depends. That's Far Cry Six is a perfect example for using a guide. I know that I said I didn't, but it's just because. There's just been some really cool game design stuff that they've done. Like I went into like, it's supernatural. Like that's what one of the things was. And I went into this place and it only opens at night and it like the door opens by itself and then you go inside and then the mirrors start shattering. It's kind of got like this spooky vibe and like 
there's statues and stuff that are like turning towards you. And it's like, yeah, you could look up the puzzle or you can experience that environment. Like you can experience what's happening in that moment. But it's just like if, if I was <laughs> I would not recommend trying to find all of the uh, unique weapons without a guide. That sounds like torture, especially in this game, because like you said, man, you have no idea. There's yeah. probably 200 plus hours of stuff to do in this game because there's spray paint like there's these little bags all around that you can pick up and it, it gives you different uh spray paint for your guns or for your cars or whatever and there's so much of that around but they're not marked on the map and then there's just like weapon attachments marked all around the map that you you just may never ever see it's just ridiculous there's just so much but it's like just keep at least they kept the map like very simple and it's just like the big treasure chest that like they give you a weapon or they give you some kind of crafting material or something. That's it. That's all that's in the in the game. So, yeah, definitely use a guide on Far Cry 6. Absolutely. But uh, you want to talk about the top topic on the table? Yeah, let's do it. Dude, let's roll right into it because it kind of goes along with what we've been talking about with guides and everything. And my question is, what kind of gamers are trophy slash achievement hunters? I'm in like six different discords of trophy and achievement hunters and... I was listening to a podcast recently and I'm not trying to say one gamer is better than another gamer. That's not what I'm saying at all. It's just like gamers are uniquely different in how they play. Casual gamers can play one game forever and then completionists play games way longer than like someone who's just going to get to the credits and things like that. So I'm not I'm not interested in talking about if they're smarter or ranking them, but I just mean, are they more thorough? Do they care more about games? Do they do they learn more about games like what is it about us and and trophy hunters and achievement hunters that like is so different from a regular gamer? Well, yeah, I think we've covered it kind of uh, somewhat. I mean, first of all, I feel like um, uh, it can go both ways. Like what I was saying about guides, like I think um, I, I genuinely think you rob yourself of some of the experience and some of the intended experience by using a guide. And even if like like, you know, we talked about it with Far Cry 6, like, even even though, like, I'm okay with that, like, I think that's fine for that game, right? Like, that's still the case, I think, no matter what, essentially. So it's like, to some extent, I mean, if, if you follow that to its logical conclusion, then some achievement hunters and trophy hunters actually engage, like, less deeply with games than someone who's going, like, completely blind and just letting, like, their instincts and their first impressions and all of that, like, if if they're just sort of taking in the world and going through the game in that sense, like, arguably they're actually engaging with the game more deeply than someone following a guide because there's been games, usually, like, easy achievement games where, like, I'm not even paying attention to, like, the dialogue. I'm just, like, looking, I'm just, like, looking at my computer monitor, looking back at the screen, doing, like, the thing that it tells me to do and just, like, basically playing like almost like a robot at that point so i don't want there to be like a superiority type uh type thing about like achievement hunters or like trophy hunters because i, I think you know may, maybe for some people that's the case but i i can't i think you can't like generalize in that sense and then you know the flip side is that there's the opposite as well like you know because i went for like talked about it before uh, i went for legendary all skulls on uh, lasso difficulty in halo 2 i feel like i understand halo 2 in terms of its campaign a lot better than most people because i've had to do it on like such a difficult set of requirements i've had to speed run it i've had to play it on the hardest difficulty on legendary i've had to play it on legendary with 
all the skulls on. I've had to play it on heroic, on normal, on easy. I've played it so many times, right? I've played it so many times, so many different variations. I've done it for speed. I've done it slowly. I've done it for collectibles. I've done it for this, that, this, and that. I've seen the cutscenes a million times. Like I've, I've done that so many times and I've, I've been focused while doing it that like for that game, I feel like I, I have a lot of knowledge and also mechanical understanding that other people won't know about, you know, I know about like a lot of glitches and a lot of ways to manipulate the game and things like that. But then, you know, like I say, right, there's the opposite where there's some games where I'm like, I don't even know what, I don't even know what's happening in this game, but I've got all the achievements for it, but I I have no idea, but don't even remember it. There's some games where I look on my profile and I'm like, I don't even remember playing this game. If you like quizzed me on the name of the game, I probably wouldn't be able to tell you. So, you know, you get like, I guess it's kind of like feast or famine, right? You get like the two extremes where you get some games where you're like super proficient and you're like, okay, I've done everything, you know, the stuff like even like grand theft auto. I remember I, in GTA five, I collected like there's like collectibles under the ocean or like under the sea where you have like this submarine and you have to go down and they're like really, yeah. really stupid. But I'm like, I guarantee like probably like 1% of players have done this and know what I'm talking about. So it's like for that game, like, yeah, I've experienced more than most people who play gta 5 but then again like the other thing i was thinking about with your question was that is that like more that's not really more valid than someone who spends all their time in gta 5 in like gta online and does like a bunch of multiplayer stuff or you know multiplayer games in general like you know i i've played a ton of apex legends obviously and a lot of multiplayer gamers tend to not be achievement hunters or trophy hunters because they just want to play like one game and also multiplayer achievements and trophies like absolutely suck as well. So because of that, like, like there's people who, you know, play games over and over and over again, but they're not interested in achievements and they understand the games, you know, like, like you don't play multiplayer games very often. Um, and you're not like a a huge fan of them. So in that, like in that like realm, like probably the, I don't know, the anti achievement hunter, anti trophy hunter, they're going to have, tons of experience on average and and much more knowledge about those types of games so i think it's you know you can't really give like a clear answer or like paint like a a broad picture of it really that's exactly why i wanted to stay away from like are they better are they smarter are they like ranking them is this gamer better than that it's like it's not about that it's just like this is just something that came up and like being in all those discords with all those trophy hunters i just love talking to trophy hunters there's something there's a bond there. Like we, we like to complete games and then move on. And then you can talk about those experiences as you move on. Like people do with movies, you know, it's like, Oh, I've seen 200 movies and it's like, Oh, like how was your experience with this movie? And did you like that scene or whatever? And it's like with, with trophy hunters, it's that same way. And there's detriments to all of it. Like, you know, the casual gamer who plays only multiplayer doesn't get to see all of the other games. And then there's like the trophy hunters who, you know, they don't experience anything because they're just constantly doing the same like hunt and they're not like taking the games in fully and like really exploring. But then there's also the people who like just get to credits and they see a lot more games than trophy hunters do because they're just rolling credits and then moving on. So it's just. Yeah, I think um, I think in terms of. Yeah, like, like you say that. Yeah, there's no point in saying like better or worse or anything like that, because as yeah. well, there's there's achievement hunters and trophy hunters that aren't very good at games. Because now you you don't uh, you don't need to be good at games to get a lot of achievements and a lot of trophies. Maybe you never did. Although towards the beginning of the 360 generation, I'd say you probably 
did kind of. He needs to be at least, I guess, efficient at games, I suppose, would be a good way to word it. But yeah, I mean, now you, you don't even like need to be good at games, really. Unless, you know, like you, you focus on a completion percentage and I sort of look at that, but then sometimes just sort of like a challenge or just like just whatever I like in terms of like, you know, I'm saying like too many times, but, you know, in terms of looking at games that I feel passionate about and trying to complete those. But in terms of what you said about uh, talking to trophy and achievement hunters, yeah, I think there's like a shared respect and appreciation to some extent. Like whenever I meet someone who has like the Crash 4 completion, I'm like, hell yeah, because that game's really difficult and really, really amazing as well. So it's like you've got this like shared experience that's really powerful. But again, there's some completions that I have where I remember nothing about it. So if I had a, <laughs> I wouldn't have like all a shared experience with that really, or the shared experience would be them reminding me or me reminding them of, of it. But in terms of, yeah, there's some games where it's like you see someone has the completion and then you're like, oh, so that means you must have done this, that, and this. And then that's really cool because then you can talk about how you found it, like how difficult it was, whether you did it in like a different way or how long like this specific challenge took, that kind of thing. Like, There's a lot of cool conversations to get out of that kind of thing that's more than if you just play through the games to credits, for example. But again, you know, like you say about like multiplayer only gamer, like they're going to have tons of like cool, like clips of like absolutely destroying like real people essentially in games. And they're going to have like all these anecdotes of like, Oh, and then, you know, we were escaping, but then, you know, this guy crashed into the side of us. And, but you know, they've got like these like really organic stories that can't be like replicated elsewhere in games. And I think that's really powerful. And, I find that like hugely motivating too. Like I, 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 I'm really interested in people talking about that and getting some of those experiences myself as well. So yeah, I mean, there's, there's definitely some like shared characteristics that I think we've, we've talked about, but there's also so many differences and, and so much that you're kind of gaining, but also losing out on. Absolutely. All right. Are you ready for the trophy and achievement of the week? Yep. All right. Okay. So I went ahead and baseball is, in full swing now i think we're like a week or two away from the all-star break so that's the middle of the season and uh the yankees are one of the best team in baseball but i thought i hate them and and i thought that this uh was this is my rarest trophy which is very strange but it's called yankees inhale deeply through the mouth and it's beat the yankees must be completed versus the cpu uh with both pitching and batting set to legend and you can't do it in like the uh, road to the show mode. So I didn't even, <laughs> you remember we talked about how like sometimes you have games on there and you're like, I don't even remember playing that. I do not remember yep. playing on the hardest difficulty against the Yankees. I don't like, I don't have this memory, but I do have a memory of this game and it was back on PlayStation three and four. It was like transitioning and it was, uh, I was using the move controllers to swing the baseball bat. So that might've been like a hack to make me better at the game to where like I had the PlayStation camera and I had the little move and I was swinging like, like an actual player would. And I think that it helped me just crush them. Cause I really don't remember struggling with this trophy. That's so rare and so hard. And it's like, maybe that was the easy way to get around it. So I don't know. It's, it's, it's such an interesting, like look back at some of my, at my rarest trophy when, when they're the best team in baseball right now, and I can't stand that. <laughs> but um, what about you? 
Yeah, so for me, I thought I'd go with an achievement from the Cuphead DLC. It's uh, called The High Hat, which is to defeat a boss on Inkwell Isle 4, which is the DLC location, without killing any of its minions. So first of all, I, I, I went for this one because uh, shout out to uh, Minions. They got a new movie out. Uh, wasn't paid to say this, but, you know, has has Minions in it. So, you know, whatever I thought. You know, <laughs> minions, people are talking about min- Minions. We got we to gotta get on that for the SEO or whatever, you know, put Minions <laughs> in the title. Um, say as Minions as many times as we can. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Minions per minute or, or whatever. Someone yeah. can calculate that. But yeah, the... The achievement as well I chose because I always like when you have an optional challenge that goes against like what you'd conventionally do in a game. So the base game of Cuphead has an achievement like this where you have to go through the run and gun levels uh, without killing anything. So and then you get like a secret like pacifist medal for doing that and you get like a zero game score achievement which I thought was really cool. And this is similar in that like all of the bosses in this DLC summon minions of some kind that go and attack you. So normally you either kill them accidentally because they have low health and you're trying to shoot at the boss and you you miss a couple of shots and it hits a minion or you're trying to kill them on purpose because they're being like really annoying and you know also trying to kill you and you want to clear stuff off the screen. So the achievement to like beat a boss without killing any of the minions and avoiding them is just a really inventive like extra challenge that you wouldn't do otherwise but you know you have like another reason to do like another boss run. So great achievement. I really like that one too because like you said it's just cool to have like challenges that a game presents to you. It's like if they weren't there would you try to do it? Maybe not, but then it's yeah, like there's when no you're reason to do it. It's counterintuitive to, to do right. it. Right. But when you're a kid, like, and you're trying to get more out of a game, it's like, oh, I'm going to try to do this level without getting hit. Oh, I'm going to try to do this level w- without taking out any of the small guys before I get to the big one. It's like, I used to do that when I was a kid. It's just like, just made the game more, you know, replayable for me because yeah. I didn't have the money to buy anything else. So it was, it's just like really cool to see as an adult, like the trophies and achievements that, just tack on those those fun ways to replay bosses it's cool yep but um you got any final words aj no i'm excited to play more hollow knight i think that's what i'm gonna prioritize next because i really want to see everything that the game has because it will be cool when like i can actually talk about it like in more detail to people and feel like i've caught up on it because i'm really enjoying it so far i might i might start that game at some point and take it real real slow where i do like one boss a week i don't know how that would be because i know it's a hard ass game but like then I'd eventually be able to get through it. And it's like one of the most praised games I've ever heard people talk about. Like it's always, always Hollow Knight. People were so hyped about uh, Silk Song as well, right? Yeah. Like from yeah. The, the Xbox show and the Nintendo show before that. Like people yes. people like whenever whenever they show that game, people are like like it almost takes over like all the conversation around whatever showcase it shows up in. Yeah, so catching up would be nice before that drops out. Yeah. But uh All right, everyone, thanks for listening. Happy hunting. Peace out. See ya. Thank you so much for listening to Complete Edition. If you like the content, consider supporting us on patreon.com slash completion club. If you have any questions or would like to reach us, email completionclub at gmail.com. Thank you for listening to Complete Edition.